0: Blog Talk Radio. Matchmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Marla Martinson. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh my goodness. So today I have a really fabulous guest for you. But first, I am going to read from Louise Hayes, Heart Thoughts, A Treasury of Inner Wisdom, like I usually do. So this one's about accepting ourselves and loving ourselves. If you do not love yourself totally, wholly, and fully, Somewhere along the way you learned not to. You can unlearn it. Start by being kind to yourself now. The affirmation is I accept all that I have created for myself. I love and accept myself exactly as I am. I support myself, trust myself, and accept myself wherever I am. I can be within the love of my own heart I place my hand over my heart and feel the love that is there. I know there is plenty of room for me to accept myself right here and now. I accept my body, my weight, my height, my appearance, my sexuality, and my experiences. I accept all that I have created for myself, my past and my present. I am willing to allow my future to happen. I am a divine, magnificent expression of life, and I deserve the very best. I accept this for me now. I accept miracles. I accept healing. I accept wholeness. And most of all, I accept myself. I am precious and I cherish who I am. And so it is. Wow. How was that, you guys? So, all right. My special guest today is a woman called Karen Brailsford. She is a writer, an editor, a spiritual therapist, an intuitive creator, She's worked on the staff at Newsweek, Elle, People in Touch, and E Entertainment, covering arts and culture, Hollywood fashion, beauty, and human interest. Her writing has also appeared in the New York Times Book Review, Black Enterprise, Interview, and other publications. She's a native New Yorker. She's a graduate of the Brerley School and Yale. Her paintings have been exhibited at Bergamot Station in Santa Monica, California. She lives in Los Angeles, just like me, the City of Angels. She's also a licensed spiritual practitioner with the Agape International Spiritual Center. What an amazing lady. And she's written a book called Sacred Landscapes of the Soul, Aligning the Divine Wherever You Are. I loved this um, uh, blurb that, so, that somebody called Thomas Moore gave about the the book, um, he said, Sacred Landscapes of the Soul is like a spirited choir singing the wisdom of the ages. It is grounded in intelligent thoughts from the Great spiritual writers and song makers and offers inspiring and transformative guidance. Read it to have your mind and heart opened up. Use it as a contemporary unaffiliated prayer book or meditation guide. It is a beautiful book. I was reading a lot of it this morning just to get some inspiration. So I'm going to bring Karen on the show. Hello, Karen. Hi, Marla. Good to be here. Hi. Yes, yeah, so glad we finally got you on. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, your book is so inspirational and so beautiful. Um, tell us a little bit about um, the, uh, tell us a little bit about the journey to, to writing this beautiful, um, beautiful oh, book. Totally. Thank you
1: so very much. i Truly uh, grateful to be here, and thank you for that lovely oh. introduction. Yeah. yeah, and I yeah. Actually had my hand over my heart for that affirmation. Louise Hay is um, oh, beautiful. Yes. beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> She's yeah. one of my favorites. Louise Hay. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so you asked about the journey or the, um, I guess, the birth. Yeah, the what, brought of to, the, what brought birth? you to this? point (laughs) exactly yes well I have to say that this journey probably started you know before I was actually born I really do feel that these pieces came through me that I am the vehicle for them and in some ways I wrote them but I didn't write them so I'm thankful for the Mm -hmm. energy of creativity the the power the presence that source that um utilized me for this purpose. And, of course, I had to say yes to being used in this way, so I'm grateful for that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So in
1: terms of the logistics, um, some of these pieces um, were written for Agape's magazine called Inner Visions, And mm-hmm. the uh, book kept growing and expanding in terms of organizing the pieces, how could I share them with the world and the concept is that we each encounter different landscapes, emotional terrain, spiritual terrain, given where we are at any point in our lives. At times we might be feeling Mm -hmm. upset and confused. In other moments we might feel that we are being called to a a purpose and we're not quite sure if we want to say yes. Um, And in other moments Mm -hmm. we might feel this sense of oneness with with life, with nature, with God, as I call it. Um, And so what I do in the book is that I take readers on that journey through these various landscapes, whether it's the forest or the ocean or the valley. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that um, wherever we are, we can come to center and remember who and whose we are, that we are divine beings.
0: I love it. I just want to read of one of the passages that's my favorite, all right, if you don't mind. (laughs) Oh, please do. I'm curious to see which um, one
1: it is.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right, here we go. We can see clearly now, just beyond the horizon, in what has been called the promised land, lies our destiny. It is less a geographical place and more of a metaphysical heart space. There we bathe the feet of our so-called enemies, Those who do not think as we do, look as we do, walk in the world as we do. There we allow these so-called others to anoint our heads with oil, recognizing that we are each the Christ itself. No one denomination or philosophy or sex holds greater dominion. No one outside of ourselves can dictate our individual purpose or our beliefs, not our parents or our government or our spiritual teachers. We find truth for ourselves. Then and only then can we luxuriate in our oneness. We both welcome and celebrate our differences. We embody grace. We are healed. And the affirmation is: I am the embodiment of peace. I bring calm wherever I go. Hmm. So, yeah. Hmm.
1: <laughs> Isn't that, yeah, that great? That I just a thought very it timely
0: was... one. <laughs> <laughs> very timely. It just stood out to me. Um, so I just think it's. I think is beautiful um yeah there's all all sorts of um i mean every one of them just brings brings something and it's kind of like a book where you could just open it up and every morning and and uh read something to get exactly. you on the for the day yeah exactly mm-hmm. the
1: idea is that you so, don't have to mm-hmm. read it from cover to cover but that you can just randomly or not so randomly because i don't think there are any accidents mm-hmm. <laughs> that you can just open it up to so right. exactly
0: what you need Mhm exactly. So so going from that um that passage what would you say um you know what are some tips that you would give for finding calm in the chaos because it just seems like wow 2020 is really if we think one thing happened i mean just wait till next week something else is going to hit us right it's like you know um Unrest and wildfires and virus and you know election. I mean everything, everything. <laughs> mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. a lot of people, yeah, a lot. A lot of people can't are not handling it very well. And and um, what what is your wisdom about finding the calm and the chaos? What can we, you know, mm-hmm. what can we do? Mm, thanks
1: for that question. Yes, it does seem that we are now always looking for the other shoot a drop so to speak that just when we might get our bearings that there's something new that's coming at us um and we can barely catch our breaths and so i like to begin with that begin with the breath in terms of pausing Mm -hmm. whenever i feel overwhelmed or whenever i feel that the world is too much with us to take time to breathe and in that conscious focused breath, I'm reminded one, that I'm breathing. you know, that that I'm here, mm-hmm. that I'm alive, mm-hmm. that I'm vital, and then I go to a space of remembering that this is happening automatically, that I'm not doing anything to make the blood course through my veins, that I'm not doing anything to make my muscles contract necessarily, that I'm not Doing anything to make the synapses and my brain fire up—that this is all happening—and that's astonishing to to realize that indeed something is breathing us, and I call that something spirit. I call it source. I call it God. I I call it you know the indwelling power, divine intelligence. Um, but I call it. I call it force, and I am mm-hmm. always called to mm-hmm. remember it. So when I take the time to Get still, whether it's for three seconds in which I'm just taking a deep breath or whether it's in meditation, which is somewhat longer. I find that coming to center, coming into the present moment reminds me that this is where I need to be. This is where I need to reside, that I can't worry about what has happened or what is going to happen, but that I have to truly be in the present.
0: Yes. I love that. Beautiful. How to be, how to be a part of the healing and not part of the problem, right? Just being joyful, Mm -hmm. thriving, um, holding that space. Yeah. And despite it, you know, people talk about, they, they ask, are we living? I hear a lot of people say, this is in the Bible. This is the end of days. This is Armageddon. Um, I don't, feel that it is what what what's your feelings on on that you know and when people bring mm. maybe you've heard people say that too
1: I have I have but I always have this sense of history and perspective because I can imagine so many different times in the in the past when folks felt that way imagine going mm-hmm. through yeah the bombings in World war two or imagine the middle ages or the plague so we can look back in history and see that there have been mm-hmm. so many occasions in which one could go to that place of thinking this is the end. So rather than Mm -hmm. thinking of this as the end, I think of this as a beginning. Certainly, I think it's an end to perhaps burying our heads in the sand, not being willing to see Mm -hmm. what has transpired, how many people are in pain, how many people don't have access to food, or water, or healthcare. I mean, there's so much mm-hmm. that um, that is being called into the light right now. And so I see this as a time of transformation. We get to decide. Mm-hmm. We get to decide who we yeah. are and how we're going to get there, get to a place wherein I believe it's everyone's inherent um inherent um, place to know that they are provided for, that they have food and water, that basic health care, that that a way, um, that a way of living in this world without having to fight just to just to have a roof over our heads. So I think that we get to decide who we are and who we are going to be and how to set in motion the systems, the mechanisms to bring into fruition a world that truly does
0: work for and benefits everyone right and in the spiritual circles we are all saying this is the great awakening you know it's it's a it's an awakening mm-hmm. it's not an ending it's a right it's beautiful right
1: it's awakening so, people so use you, the you, word you,
0: reckoning yeah so, yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and um Tell us a little bit about your work at Agape. I I attended Agape for many, many years, and and, uh, now I get, you know, with with COVID, I I haven't gone, and then they moved. But talk a little bit about that and how you're a spiritual practitioner there and for people who don't know what what a spiritual practitioner is.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I'll start with your last question. A spiritual practitioner is someone who practices the presence, and so that means Mm -hmm. that, I am my go-to position, my default position is to remember spirit, to remember the presence, to remember that this presence is indwelling. And as a practitioner or, or therapist, as um, a spiritual therapist as we call it, I am anchoring the space and remembering the truth about um, a client in front of me and anyone that indeed mm-hmm. that they too are um that they are spiritual beings that they have everything mm-hmm. within them um to thrive uh, that gives them insight that this presence is indwelling them that they know that they know that they know even in that moment even if in that moment they don't realize <laughs> that they have access to mm-hmm. this amazing power so that's what i do as a spiritually as a practitioner and then um The practicalities look like praying with individuals. I am um, the Mm -hmm. coordinator for the pastoral care ministry that's called One from the Heart, and it's headed by Reverend Coco Stewart. And so um, Mm -hmm. we offer our members, those who are streaming services right now online, um, the opportunity to attend our crisis support clinic, which meets on Zoom, the bereavement support groups. We have a whole team, different teams of volunteers and practitioners who are supporting the community. Um, And as you can imagine right now, um, given all that's happening, there's a real cry um, Mm -hmm. to be supported that way, to be prayed for, to be supported, because I truly believe that – Prayer doesn't just change things, that prayer reveals things, That prayer itself, yeah. and that every, everything is a prayer, that everything that we say, do, speak, see, that it's all a prayer. And so as a practitioner, I am tapped into this field of awareness, this prayer field, and I am just anchoring what I know to be the truth, that you are divine, I am divine, that there is something indwelling that is supporting us
0: in each and every endeavor. And it's affirmative prayer is what we do uh, in the new thought. The affirmative, uh, there's a certain way you frame it. So yeah, exactly. that affirmative affirming. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's
1: not a beseeching prayer. prayer. It's not a prayer of begging for anything right. because we yeah. believe that we have everything inside. So as a yes. uh, when I'm praying, I am affirming that yes, you have it. That thing that you are seeking that it's already done, that it's already given unto you, and it's a matter of your mm-hmm. um, being supported to see it, to see that it's happening now. And, again, we get to go back to the now, as I said at the top of our conversation. Mm-hmm. It's really about being present with the presence. And Reverend Michael's fond of saying, of saying that the presence is never an absence, and I
0: just love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you guys listening, it's Reverend um, Michael Beckwith, who is the founder of Agape International Spiritual Center, and a lot of people know who, who he is. And, yeah, I love it. It's not a prayer like, God, please, if you give me this, I promise I'll never, you know, do this again. <laughs> it's not that <laughs> yes. uh, bartering prayer. You we don't prayer, in you know? a, yeah. a punishing yeah. God. Yeah, we don't believe in right, a punishing right. God.
1: And, um, and God is not Santa Claus either. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. We're kind of our own know, Santa we Claus. It. We have it within. We've got, <laughs> we have those gifts, gifts within waiting. Oh my gosh! Exactly. Um, and yeah. So also now, are you your paint? You your paintings have been exhibited before. Are you still painting? Uh, it's funny that you ask that because I get to say yes.
1: <laughs> As of two weeks mm-hmm. ago, I had not um, been um, painting for some time, and um, and I find that. The way I create ebbs and flows. Um, So I believe in this creative energy and power, and sometimes it's it's expressing as my writing. Right now, I guess it's always expressing as my writing, but there was a period in which um, it expressed as these paintings that came through me. Um, Again, I say through me. And so I had not been painting until about two, three weeks ago, and it just felt that, oh, it's time to do that. Um, And so I did paint something a couple of weeks ago, and it was so fun just to play on the canvas and the different colors that showed up. And the way I paint Mm is that I'm not copying anything. I'm basically playing on the canvas, and Mm. then images show up. At first, I thought it was a bird. Mm. (laughs) And so I Mm -hmm. I kept playing with the paint and the colors, what showed up, um, it looks like kind of like a, a hole, this giant and there are these entities that are all gathering. Oh. Um so Ooh. that felt very Portal. charming. Yeah. I been there Mm-hmm. it was really it was really fun. So um I'll probably oh. paint again this weekend. I haven't been going outside given yeah. the air in Los Angeles um much. I hadn't wanted to sit outside right. and paint, um but it looks like the sky is clearer today and so um we'll see. I might get started
0: again. Yeah, it's getting a little better. I was up in Washington State near Seattle uh, about 10 days ago, and it was bad. Oh, boy, up there
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: coming down here. And so I think, you know, rain will come, and I think things will clear up. So that's so that's really great. So that is so cool. I wish I could paint. What kind of – what do you use for paint? Do you use watercolors or, or acrylics or oil? Acrylics. I'm using
1: acrylics, and you just said I wish I could paint. And I think everyone can paint. Yeah. I actually believe that we are yeah. all – renaissance beings that were meant to do a myriad of things and creating i call myself intuitive creator i think you said that um and that's a yeah an expression that came to me fairly recently um and the idea is that in creating we are truly revealing um the essence of of spirit of god and so creating can look like painting it can look like writing it can look like Cooking. I mean, I think that we are
0: mm-hmm. things,
1: and that's what that's what we do. And um, even those things that you might not think are creative, indeed, it takes the catalyzing agent yeah. of of seeing something new or bringing something forth. Um, I think you can create while you're sweeping the floor. <laughs>
0: the right. Idea of, I've um, tried. Of I his, have, I've painted a little bit. I, I've painted a little bit. Like I like acrylics too. And, but it's mm-hmm. it's uh, I I went to this um one of those wine in canvas events with a girlfriend of mine a few year quite a few years back where you go it was mm-hmm. like in Westwood and, and you'd restaurant and there'd be a woman up there and she would be Uh, she'd show the painting that we're going to do and we'd all follow along and paint. And then you could have a glass of wine and it was so much fun. So it was this beautiful, like, you know, those like Japanese kind of branches with the blossoms on it, you know, and pink blossoms. Mm -hmm. And then the back yeah. And that's what it was. And I thought, Oh, it just turned out great. Well, my husband was, was like, this is terrible. And it's, it's hanging in the, in the, we have, we have a, a one wall in the garage, which is full of paintings that don't fit in the house. So it's on the <laughs> the, uh, the museum wall in our garage. <laughs> oh, no, I
1: think you have to bring that painting think... indoors, Marla. I think you have to bring oh, it indoors gosh. and look at it <laughs> and let it look at you, give it some space and room to breathe. And I think that... um. I mean, it's funny that we are having this conversation. So I'm sensing that there's a part of you that wants to paint and maybe painting doesn't look like actually painting, but maybe creating in some different way and um, right. know, maybe it's admitting right. something that came to me as well. But um, I just think, no, 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 no. I, I think that painting needs to breathe. I think it wants to come out right now and you'll be inspired. Yeah. You'll be inspired. Fun. I know there's it always this fun. pressure to do things. Yeah. It's fun. And this. This, this pressure to to do things a certain way and to do things for the for mm-hmm. others approval and you said you know right. in that affirmation right. that at the very top of this conversation yeah. just how um how we are meant to love ourselves and so yes, I invite you yeah. to love yourself for that painting. <laughs>
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, my creativity pretty much comes through writing, too. Um and I just mm-hmm. finished my fourth memoir that's going to be coming out. So writing has always been that way, but yeah, it's 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 funny because my I talked to my mom when I was in art class in 7th grade. I remember we all had to do this pa- paper mache. Everybody Chose something to do, and I chose a teddy bear, and it was this big thing. And mine was like everybody was doing these fabulous, you know, creations, and my te- poor teddy bear was all lopsided. <laughs> the teacher, but the teachers back then they were they were more, you know. I grew up in the '60s and '70s, and the the teachers were they could spank you, they could you know insult you, yell at mm-hmm. you, and they were strict. And my teacher, my teacher said, you know, you don't, know, you're horrible, you can't art you're terrible oh my mother she marched up to the school and told that teacher off you know because I, I I was in tears but so I think mm-hmm. I, I think because of things like that I always had like a block there like I can't you know do art but but uh I think it's maybe it's good to realize this and go back and look where did we get that idea that that we yes. can't do it and then try oh. to clear it and and go for go for it again right
1: Exactly, and that speaks yeah. to the passage from my book that you read. The idea that we're not meant to yeah. listen <laughs> to others; we're right. meant to find and remember that indwelling um, voice of truth. Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, exactly. Beautiful, beautiful. So, so, um, what are you mostly doing now? What's what's your main thing? Or you have, kind of have a potpourri of stuff that you're doing. I am mostly
1: writing. As a matter of fact, just before um, I called in for this interview, I was writing an essay. These essays have been coming forth.
0: They're very Mm -hmm.
1: memoir-like pieces. Um, And so Mm -hmm. this one actually was, um, I guess it was, yeah, the idea came to me after I did an interview, um, a podcast recently with, Reverend Julie Moret, who is also um, an Agape uh, person. She's a minister mm-hmm. at Agape, and I participated in her podcast. And I don't want to give it away, but something that happened on this okay. podcast in terms of a, an individual who chimed in on the comments and a friend of mine uh-huh. or a friend of mine. And so this led to this idea for an essay that I'm writing right now. So I've been oh. in a very fertile period oh, of writing, it. um, personal essays i've written recently uh-huh. about my mother who transitioned um in 1997 uh-huh. so i've been mm-hmm. guess, mining my family mining my history um mining mm-hmm. my connection to spirit and how um, that journey that um that desire to find god within myself to find god period um was informed by all of these experiences. So everything I write, I find whether or not I even mention the word God, it's all about that connection, and it's about seeing the mm-hmm. synchronicity in life and seeing the coincidences, which I don't really believe there's any such thing, and really feeling this sense of right. having been guided on my on my on my journey, my journey as this person being named Karen Browsford, but. More significantly, my journey as a spiritual being.
0: Yes. Oh, I was reading one of your blog posts t- today, and it was about that Karen thing. They, they, you know, now they call people who are pains <laughs> in the asses Karen. <laughs> Karen, and I have a dear, also a dear friend named Karen, and I thought, I wonder how she feels about this this new moniker that people are giving these complainers, Karen. <laughs>
1: I know it's so crazy it's so crazy that Karen has been you know has become the shortcut for you know an entitled white woman basically and I happen to be African American Uh, and have lots of good white girlfriends named Karen have a few in my life um, who are very dear and wonderful Um, so yeah it's interesting how that has taken off and um, I claim claim I'm a a good Karen and the Karens I know are good Karens as well so (laughs)
0: Yes. And those Karens, you know, I look at some of the online, I've seen some of the, they did this montage of Karens, you know, that screaming and going berserk in restaurants or, you know, and I think, and those are good Karens too, deep down, their souls and everything. They're just having a moment. They're having some pain. They're having some imbalance or something. And I just, you know, so I guess we got to look at that. They're there. Look at their light and uh, hope they heal because uh, people are, it's interesting. Right? I mean, people are really, uh, I've never seen, maybe because also we have it on video now, everything's videoed. So it's out there, but people seem to be just losing it. You know, they're cool. Um, Something, some kind of energetic things going on where people are, are going a little bit berserk. (laughs) So so we, I just, I know we're, we're, yeah, yeah. We're the light workers holding that healing space for, for people to kind of take a step back and breathe before they react, these knee jerk reactions. Uh, is what I'm seeing exactly,
1: out there. Exactly. So. exactly. These yeah. are very tumultuous yeah. times, and it's, it's no wonder that people are feeling yeah. stress. And at the same time, mm-hmm. it's incumbent upon us to understand, um, you know, where these reactions come from. You know, some of these reactions yeah. in the cases of the Karens are coming from, the so-called Karens, are coming from, mm-hmm. you know, racist views or, or prejudicial views that have been cultivated and have been dormant for some time and now is all as if, you know, we've opened the, the 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 bottle and let out all of this, you know, mm-hmm. horrific thoughts and and beliefs. But I believe that um but this is all coming up now to be healed. It's all coming mm-hmm. up to be healed. Be healed. And we talk about yeah. the Karen's it just occurred to me, gosh, bless them, you know they're showing yeah. Yeah. they're showing us um, and inviting us to look at our own beliefs and what we think and how we treat people, so that's all up for discussion, so instead of just dismissing them for
0: their behaviors,
1: certainly, um I love what you said about shining some light and holding the space for them to evolve and grow.
0: Yeah. I wonder what would happen if we went, you know, Karen was going off and we just said, can I, can I just give you a hug? (laughs) See what would Mm. happen there. Um, Mm. You know, they need, it seems like they need a hug. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. Well, beautiful. Well, Karen, um, thank you so much for joining me on the mystical matchmaker podcast and um, your, um, everybody, her uh, website is karenbrailsford.com, B-R-A-I-L-S-F-O-R-D, and it's linked up back at Blog Talk Radio, and um, just uh, any last last words you want to share with everybody? Yes, thank you so
1: much, Marla. I just want to um, just bless everyone. You know, I know that these are interesting times, and I encourage you to breathe and I'm just wishing so much love and light as you journey
0: on to these very very sacred landscapes.
1: Peace and blessings. Mm,
0: yeah. sacred landscapes. Love it. All right. Thanks, Karen. And until next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.